Welcome to season two of the Coach Pony podcast, where our goal is to help you learn the critical business skills that you need to succeed as a coach. In this season, we'll explore many of the different ways coaches can make money, take an honest look at the pros, cons, and the actual money math. In this episode, we're talking about retreats, and I'll share two disasters that happened on two different retreats I hosted and what I did to recover. So if you enjoy embarrassing stories and lessons learned, this is the episode for you. I've done several retreats in my business, and I will say that they were pretty fun overall. However, two of them started out as absolute disasters. So I want to talk about what happened and what I did to fix them. And in fact, the very first retreat I did, the very first attempt I made at doing a retreat was a disaster. Our story begins back in 2013 with my first retreat attempt. I had seen a lot of people doing retreats, and I thought they looked like so much fun. Who does not want to get paid to go on vacation with their business? And not this girl. I love the idea of getting paid to go on vacation. And with that in mind, I decided randomly to have a retreat. So I booked a place in Costa Rica because I really wanted to go there. I threw up a very simple web page with limited information, and I chose a whole lot of really lovely photos of parrots to sell the idea that Costa Rica was a place that was going to be super fun to visit. You can already tell that this is going to end really well, can't you? I did not think about the concrete outcomes I was offering besides the idea to take your career on vacation and deep dive into your passion, neither of which is specific enough for people to pony up the money to attend a retreat and pay for the flight and hotel. It seems really obvious now, and you should absolutely be rolling your eyes at me, but in my eagerness to get away and host my very first retreat, I didn't see it that way at the time. And not surprisingly, I had very little i.e. zero, interest in my parrot-filled Costa Rica retreat. I lost the $500 deposit on the hotel when I had to cancel, and I felt pretty terrible about myself. Aw, Christy. But I'm fairly optimistic, so I decided to focus on progress, not perfection, and I chalked it all up to a very big lesson learned. I needed to have a bigger point to my retreat and a clearer outcome than just taking your career on vacation and a desire for myself to want to travel. I really needed to think about the benefit as it related to my clients and express that first and foremost and worry about the travel and the experience and the country maybe a little bit less. So flash forward and the way I recovered from that debacle was simple. First off, I waited a while. In fact, I waited over a year before attempting and planning another retreat. And when I did, when I started to plan, I had a much different approach. Instead of throwing things together and just being focused on taking myself and my husband on vacation, I prepared a beautiful designer-made PDF outlining everything the attendees could expect on their retreat, including the big benefit and big outcome. At the end of the retreat, they would walk out the door feeling X, Y, and Z. I also spent time really detailing the overall luxury experience because this was going to be a luxury all expenses retreat, as well as the very specific results that my people could take home once they were done. Again, I know I'm repeating myself here, but the results were very important. This is what people are spending money on. They needed to feel like they're walking out the door with something very tangible and very worthwhile. 
After I did all of that and planned it, I then created a list of people that I knew would benefit from attending the retreat. And I started with my existing client base because at this point, it was a year later, I had a strong client base and I had a strong community. And finally, before I ever booked the hotel, I put together a very detailed marketing plan. I knew I was going to reach out personally to the people in my existing client base and then over email to my bigger community. And I wanted to make sure I had another arrow in my bow in terms of my marketing plan in order to fill the remaining seats. And I decided I was going to do more guest blogging with a call to action to check out my retreat if my contact list failed me and I still had extra spaces. And then after doing all of that planning and getting super clear and everything, only then did I book the hotel. All right. I emailed people and it worked. A bunch of my clients signed up. And then I also did a couple of guest blogs because I still had one or two empty spaces and that worked as well. I got an extra couple of people from that and the retreat was a success. Oh yeah. I was able to fill every seat but one. We held it in Sonoma, California, which was a lot easier on me because I live in the Bay Area and we had an amazing time. And the best news was that we managed to stay in the black, which was a relief because as you recall, my first attempt It's not even a real retreat, but my first attempt at a retreat ended up in disaster with no attendees and me $500 in the red. Overall, this retreat that I held in Sonoma was exactly what I hoped it would be. It was a success. My clients walked out the door completely energized comparative to how they walked in the door with a six-month plan in hand for their careers. And I got a super fun vacation and free wine tasting out of it as well, because that's one of the things we did on the retreat. Since it went so well, and because I am eternally optimistic, I decided to do a bigger retreat the next year. I decided to expand on my initial retreat idea and do a much bigger event that was set up slightly differently. The first retreat was very luxury focused. Everything was included, black car service from the airport, food, wine, pampering, all sorts of stuff. But instead of doing that the second time around, I decided I wanted to serve more people. And while we were going to do it at a similar hotel, I wasn't going to have everything included. I would lower the price from thousands of dollars to 1200 and I would just offer lunch every day as part of the retreat and a welcome happy hour and snacks and celebration. So that was what I was going to be on the hook for. I had a science project mentality to marketing it once I set it up. I decided it would be a little bit easier for me to offer it this way because there was less for me to organize, but it was in that case a new offering. Instead of selling the same thing I'd sold the year before, I was now selling something slightly different. And so I took this science project mentality and I wanted to try things out and to really see what stuck. So I, I knew I had to not judge myself too harshly, but I had to prepare. And as I thought more and more about it, I started to get a little bit worried. Retreats can be really hard to sell because it's not just the price of the ticket, it's also the price of the flight, the hotel, the rental car, and everything else that people have to take into account. And the more things cost and or the more logistics are involved, sometimes the more people can hold back. In my first retreat, I tried to take care of that by providing a lot of the logistics, by providing all of the transportation, hotel, food, etc. In this retreat, I wasn't willing to do that. And even though the price was much lower, it still made me worried. And I knew if I didn't have the right message, if I was even a little bit off in how I was positioning the benefits and the outcomes and the results, I could easily miss out on sales, which would hurt my bottom line and make the retreat less profitable and or not profitable. 
and people could miss out on the help that I thought they really needed. So with that in mind, I tweaked my message. I came up with a big launch plan. I thought I really need to reach a lot of people with this launch because I want to enroll 20 people, right? I thought 20, maybe even 30, but I settled on 20 as the goal. I enlisted help from some friends who were had a similar client base to mine, and I rolled the dice a little bit. So instead of doing personal calls and guest blogging, this time I marketed the retreat by creating this online retreat-like experience, a two-part experience where we kicked off with this beautiful in-person session that was very calm and soothing so they could sort of experience what it would be like to be in-person. Now, by in-person, I mean online. This was videos with me and kind of get that retreat experience. Then we had daily activities and then we finished with another gathering with everyone gathering online to close out. And I had 2,000 new people sign up to participate in this virtual retreat experience. And I marketed it through my writing, which had really taken off. So after this whole virtual retreat, this week-long virtual retreat, I offered the full retreat for sale. I said, okay, now if you want this but way more, if you want to get together with me in real life and come to Sonoma and really get away from everything that's keeping you stuck in your career and get a chance to think and to plan and to have a big breakthrough and insight so that you can really find the work that you love that you're meant to do, then come, come to Sonoma, come on this retreat with me, be one of these people. You know, we only have 20 to 30 slots, like come do it. And as I was talking, just talking about it on the webinar, two sales came in immediately, which was great. And then two more, excellent. We finished the webinar, hung up, and then nothing. And the next day, nothing. And the next day, nothing. I had spent weeks planning this huge free experience. Thousands of people had signed up. Everyone seemed to love it. And four sales, four sales. I was nowhere even close to my target. And I was definitely going to lose a lot of money if we went forward with only four people. It was not my finest moment as a salesperson and as someone selling a program. But this, remember, was new to me. So I went back and I poured a glass of wine. And I sat down on my couch, and then, if we're getting be brutally honest here, I poured another glass of wine, and then I thought about what went wrong. So think about it for a second. Based on what you know of sales and everything I've shared so far in these podcast episodes, what went wrong? Can you guess? Well, if you think about what I've already told you, when I sold the first retreat in the past, I sold it from a phone call primarily and from personal emails, really where I was able to talk directly to the person. And I did that. Because a retreat is a big expense for people. In the case of the first one, it was four or $5,000. And so they really needed to feel connected with me in person, in that personal way, in order to feel good about coming to the retreat. If they were going to spend a lot of money on me, they needed to feel like I was worth it because it was not just the cost of the retreat. It was the cost of the flight or the car ride and the hotel and breakfast and dinner and everything else. I realized after my two glasses of wine and my medicinal chocolate that if I wanted to get more people to attend the retreat, I had to offer them more chances to connect with me and to get to know me, ideally in a way that felt more personal to them than just a virtual one-week-long online retreat. Because if there is any rules of sales, it is this. The more expensive the product or service, the more personal the sales process tends to be. So typically, if people are paying thousands of dollars to work with you as a coach, then they're most likely going to want to talk to you directly before they say yes. Especially if you're a newer coach without a lot of good word of mouth or, you know, a long list of testimonials. 
Given that, I dusted off my backup plan. I had a backup plan. I had thought through this. I had treated it like a science project. So what I did in this case is I brought back my introductory 45-minute-long private coaching session that I had previously retired. I didn't offer it anymore in my business. And I emailed everyone in my email community who had attended the virtual retreat, so about 2,000 people, and I told them that they could get this introductory coaching session for $100 for three days. I was shocked because I sold way more of them than I expected or really wanted to sell. And it was left me having to do like 40 of these uh, 45 minute calls, which was way more than I wanted because I, I didn't need to get that many people into the retreat. I turned off my sales cart early. I actually stopped selling it two days before I was planning to because I just was so full. But the good news was I now had a motivated interest list of people who are paying to talk to me. So they had signaled to me that they had money for personal development and they were interested in working with me and spending that money on me. And what I did is on the phone, I, of course, delivered that introductory coaching package, which is a great package. It helped them see that they were really stuck in their careers and that they needed more help. And for the ones where it made sense, I then gave them a chance to come to the retreat. I shared with them about it. I shared with them why I thought it would really benefit them right now. And voila, sales. People started to say yes. And we sold about 15 people into the retreat. So folks were spending a few thousand dollars all in to attend this event, and they really needed that additional touch point with me before they were willing to say yes. And because this retreat was basically a new offering, it wasn't a rerun of my last retreat, so I kind of didn't have the same testimonials or credibility because it was a new program, talking with me really reassured them that this was worth spending that time and money and booking those flights and making that trip. The thing I did wrong was clearly not really thinking through the client experience before I put all of this energy and effort into a big launch. I had forgotten that people really need to get to know you on these expensive, hard, difficult programs like retreats, which cost so much in terms of time and effort and logistics. And it was a silly mistake because I know this. I had been a coach long enough and I'd had that first disastrous retreat already in my pocket, but I'm human too. I make mistakes even when I'm very confident and comfortable with what I'm offering, I still make silly mistakes. And by not panicking and by having a two-pronged launch strategy, I was able to recoup that mistake and recover from it and hit the base sales goal. We did not sell out the retreat. We came close. We didn't. It was a little bit of a bummer, but it was still a wonderful experience. It was such a great event. We had some wonderful testimonials at the end of it from folks who just went straight on camera and shared how much they enjoyed it. And it was just a wonderful experience to get that group of people together and be able to work with them for several days. I will never forget it. I had so much fun. And if you're thinking about doing retreats, I hope this was helpful for you. And I want to share a few quick lessons to help close out this episode. As always... Before we begin the lessons, I want to give a quick shout out to one of the loves of my life, which is chocolate. And today's retreat is sponsored by chocolate chips, which I have discovered go great in oatmeal. So in the morning, if you're ever feeling like a little bit of a sweet treat, I'm just saying, drop a few chocolate chips into your oatmeal. Doesn't matter which kind, it's life-changing. And if you're thinking about having a retreat and you want to get paying clients into it and you're not sure where to find them, then go to coachpony.com forward slash marketing and get immediate access to my favorite and best on-demand training on how to market your coaching business no matter what your program or service. 
And with that, let's get to the quick lessons. Lesson one, retreats are very tricky to sell and they have a lot of sunk costs up front. So know that going in and budget very carefully as you plan out your retreat. Lesson two, leave a cushion. I didn't talk about this very much in this particular story, but have a bit of an overages cushion in your retreat budget, just in case something unexpected comes up and you need, you know, a little bit more room to spend. Lesson three, make sure people understand exactly what they'll be getting out of your retreat. Be as clear as possible about what the real concrete result is and what will change for them. Why should they spend not only money, but time and travel, likely, with you? So get real on that concrete benefit. Lesson four, when you sell the retreat, allow time for mistakes and plan to give people a chance to decide not once, but twice. So have a marketing plan and then have a backup marketing plan just to make sure you fill your retreat. And finally, the higher the price tag, the more personal the sale. So if your retreat is expensive, please plan in a way for people to talk to you directly so that they feel really good about your retreat. And that's it. That is the story of two of my retreat disasters. And my final takeaway that I want you to to leave you with is that retreats are really fun. And if you plan enough and have enough backup plans, you are going to be okay. So if you want to do them, just keep everything in mind and you'll be fine. Wondering how to find your own clients for retreat or another type of coaching program or what marketing method might be best for you? For instance, you may hate public speaking or the idea of a virtual retreat, and that's okay. You don't have to do either of those things. To help you, we've got an amazing free training over at coachpony.com forward slash marketing. It's all about how to find paying coaching clients for your business. And when you sign up, you'll get access to our completely free 45-minute in-depth marketing masterclass, which will save you time and so many tears. You can find it at coachpony.com forward slash marketing. And in the meantime, I'll see you in the next episode of the podcast where we'll be taking a much closer look at online do-it-yourself coaching programs. So if you are interested in creating a passive income program in your business, hit subscribe so you don't miss out. I'll see you next time.